Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. Every week, it's my goal to share financial information that helps you both in your life and financial vineyard. We hope it takes you from your roots to the journeys of your vines and the influence in the air that help craft your delicious life. Like wine, life and finances have different palettes that should be celebrated and not judged. Welcome to this edition of Wine and Dime with Amy Irvine and Kate Welker. Welcome, Kate. Thank you, Amy. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, as you know, I have uh, spent a little time on Market Street now back in New York and had the privilege of uh, stepping next door to literally next door to Quincy Exchange uh, this past couple of weeks. And um, I think I mentioned to you that I discovered a new Finger Lakes wine that's actually made by the owner of Quincy Exchange called Element. He actually makes a line. That's the brand Element. And ooh, did I taste a good Riesling. And you know I'm not a big Riesling fan. A good Riesling from the Element. Um, For anybody that is journeying to this area of upstate New York and to Corning, I would highly recommend that you step next door and try some. They have like everything in the Finger Lakes in a one-stop location. So then you can go and explore these wineries like individually uh, Mm -hmm. to see what else they have. So I know that um, Riesling isn't necessarily your favorite either, Kate, but I thought I would recommend it. And I I think I might have to get a bottle for a little team meeting or something. What do you think? There you go. That'd be interesting to see the differences. Uh, No, I think it's a great little place. It looks, um, I was going to say cute. It looks, I don't know, trendy and modern and stylish. And it always smells amazing when I walk by. I know. They have um, a bistro that's, you know, they're open for lunch in the bistro part. And it's like, you tease me. I I open the door. Um, So that will be a stop that we'll have to make when we're down on Market Street next. Yeah. So... Um, speaking of stops, <laughs> we've had uh, a number of clients recently that have sort of put on the brakes with their plans for retirement, mostly because of what's been going on in the market and perceived uh, economic recession. That I, and I say it's perceived because as of this recording, it's actually not there. There are some, I would say, headwinds that are pointing that you know there's an increased potential for a recession. But I just want to remind everybody that the stock market tends to be a leading indicator of an economic recession. And remember what the purpose of interest rates is to slow down the economy. And it doesn't necessarily mean it will actually make a recession happen, but it will slow down the economy. So as that is happening, people 
are feeling the pain, especially rising gas prices, seeing the drama of what's going on in the stock market, it has caused them to pause or stop their plans for retirement. And you and I were talking about preparing for this particular session. And you said, they're just not willing to flip the switch. And I said, oh, Oh, Dr. Barbara O'Neill wrote a book called Flipping the Switch. We should talk about that. So let's talk about that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And the thing that I think is interesting to me coming on what I'll call this side of financial planning versus some other roles previous in my career, I tended to work with a lot of people already in retirement. And you had alluded to the fact that it can be really hard to make that switch. And now seeing that with clients, it is absolutely true. It can be hard to be a saver your whole life and save and save and save. And then we have to tell you that, okay, it's time to stop saving and use that money. And it can be, you know, psychologically hard, emotionally hard. There's a lot of factors that go into making that transition. Yeah. And I think the first thing that you need to do is don't let your feelings be poo-pooed, right? I know that that's, Mm -hmm. um, that's something that a lot of people are like, I know I can retire, but this doesn't feel like the right time. If it doesn't feel like the right time, then it doesn't feel like the right time. But we need to dig into why it doesn't feel like the right time. And see, I know you and I have been running a lot of our scenario projections, our you know our probabilities for success. And what we're seeing is that, um, you know, the Monte Carlo, and I don't like to use these terms when we're talking, but Monte Carlo is basically about a thousand different scenarios that are run and shows the probability of those thousand different scenarios, we're not seeing much change. No, we're not. And the nice part when we are forward looking and you're planning like we do in our systems is is that volatility has already been built into the projections we're running. So the risk of having a down market for a while and then an up market for a while, or the probability that you'll have an extended down market is built into the projections we do with clients. Like you said, it's not poo-pooing those feelings and listening and walking through what are the concerns, what is the, what's the scary part, what are the objections, and um, then going back to the math and kind of lining that up with what the future looks like. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about some things that people might be able to do to get themselves in the right frame of mind emotionally to flip that switch. What tips do you have in preparing for that? Yeah. So I think there's a kind of multiple things that all come together. But the first, um, I feel like this is something I say on a lot of these podcasts or newsletters and discussions, is really understanding what your um, expenses are, like what your income need is going to be. How much do I need to have um, to live the lifestyle I want to maintain? And something we do with our clients as well is sort of break even that up into, we talk about spending buckets or savings buckets. Um, this is your expense bucket. So what does it take just to pay the bills, to keep the lights on, to be able to eat? Um, and then what's the next tier? You know, to live a little bit more of a relaxed lifestyle, the, the travel a little bit more, spend a little bit more on dining out or buying the, um, you know, the fancy cheese at the grocery store when, you, when you're going there, um, adding in expenses for health, health mm-hmm. insurance and health care. Um, so just to see sort of what's that, baseline or the bare minimum? And then what do you need to live a little more um, lavish lifestyle? Yeah, I think the big thing I I, kind of relate that to um, also, but definitely expenses, getting a handle on the expenses. We, I I always give that disclaimer, like the plan is only as good as the information that you've given us, right? Mm -hmm. But the other side of that is 
you know, a lot of people have gotten used to a particular lifestyle and they, they want to continue that lifestyle Mm -hmm. and mapping that in and making sure that you prioritize some of those, you know, must haves uh, and must haves can truly be like must want to have, you know, like I want to like phrase that because there's the very baseline of like, I have to eat, I have to, you know, have shelter, that sort of stuff. But then there's like, well, life isn't going to be fun if I don't do this or I don't do that. Like that, you know, those are, those to me are must haves too, or must want to haves as well. And making sure that those are incorporated in, um, especially in those early go-go years as we call them. Right. Yes. Um, the other side of it is I think it's important to get comfortable with changing the frame around income stream. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people will say to me, and I know we'll say the same to you, um, well, now I don't have any income. We're like, well, what's this portfolio over here for? That's income, isn't it? <laughs> it's changing the frame around income. Have, have you heard a lot of people say that? And, and what are some of the tips that you would, would share around that? Yes, um, that is a challenge for sure. Uh, and when I mentioned before that you've been saving and now you're what we call accumulating versus decumulating, taking from your assets, not counting the fact that you have this pool of money that now is supposed to generate an income stream for you. And maybe it's a little bit of a disconnect sometimes in language between you know financial advisors and planners that think in one concept when we talk about an income stream versus people who've had a steady paycheck coming in their whole life. Um, So a few things to help that would be turning your portfolio into a quote paycheck. Mm -hmm. Uh, What we do sometimes with clients is we look at those numbers that we need to have. um, And like you had said, I try to plan on living at least the same lifestyle, if not a larger lifestyle than before in retirement, because we do find those go-go years. We want to travel and do the fun things we didn't may not have had time for when we were working. Um, but then look at the portfolio and designate um, how much can be taken off of that and turn it into an income stream. If it's easier to have a paycheck, quote, I guess I quote paycheck um, once a month coming into your account, maybe twice a month to get that same feeling. We find that brings a lot of comfort to people. Um, and there's some ratios out there that can be used. Sometimes it's 4% of your portfolio. There's been discussion and a lot of articles lately about whether that number is still appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same thing on that too, like I recommend reevaluating that every couple of years because your portfolio is going to change, your needs might change. Um, but initially to get started taking your assets that you have and, and turning those into a stream of income that you can rely on each month. Mm-hmm. Um, you may also want to consider um, sometimes the word annuity is thought of as a dirty word in the industry because of some abuse around it, but they do serve an excellent um piece of the puzzle for a lot of financial plans. There's some good quality products out there now that can take a piece of that portfolio and turn it into a guaranteed income stream for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. We find mm-hmm. that that brings a lot of um, reassurance and confidence to people to know that we have um, something we can count on if you don't have a pension through your employer. Yeah. I also think it's important to practice being in retirement. Mm-hmm. And here's what I mean by that. So it's it's kind of twofold. One is a lot of times I'll say to people the year before they retire, practice living off the income that you're going to get. <clears throat> practice spending that money. You know, like how how will you live in retirement? So practice that. That if if you have a bucket of money, like all the things that you just said, if you take that bucket of money and that's the bucket of money that you know you're going to get, practice living off from that. 
So that's one thing about practicing. The second thing that I say is practice the lifestyle of retirement. <laughs> because I don't know about you, but I have a hard time getting my retirees to like schedule time with me. They're all busy. Like <laughs> they are. They're they're doing those things we mentioned. They're traveling, they're playing golf, um, going on road trips. That's there's a lot going on in their lives. So they're spending money, but in some respects, they're spending less money. You know, what I'm finding is so that's why I say practice on practice both ways. Like, what are the fun trips that you want to take? What are the things that you want to do? Practice both ways. That way, you know, I think that takes the fear out of it. Uh, I think it does, too. It, it gives you like you said, it's practice. You're a little more used to it, opposed to having all of these changes in your life hit at one time right. and dealing right. with that. What are some of the other the ideas or um, experiences that you would share with folks, you know, that are trying to get their head around uh, making this decision? Yeah. Um, the other thing that I think is really important is to, if, especially if you're more concerned about your assets lasting and having something to pull from, would be to bucket your assets in uh, short term, moderate term or medium term and long term um, investment buckets for you. Short term would be really conservative, um, maybe just in cash. And you know, there's enough cash there that's going to fund the next 12 to 18 months of expenses. That way, no matter what happens in the market, you know that that money is coming in. Expenses can be paid. Your medium term would be, a, you'd be invested to be a little more um, aggressive in that money, but not super aggressive. So that if we did have a down market, there would be um, hopefully not affected as much, not having to pull from that money and it's going to fill back up. You can kind of use that to spill into that short-term bucket. Mm -hmm. And then when you have that set up, you can take a piece of your portfolio that you don't need for a while and invest that a little more aggressively. So that way the um, market performance can help grow those assets and give you more performance, more growth, more bigger pool of assets to turn into income down the road for you. Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, I also think it's, uh, like you said, visual. It's just one more visual effect. Well, I think those are, I think that's a great idea. I know we talk a lot of, uh, sometimes we don't necessarily, um, clients don't remember that, you know, we've sort of bucketed things like that. But I do know that we chat with them a lot about it. And when we have down markets like that, we remind them that we do have some sitting in short-term cash for such situations like this. So, well, Kate, it's been fun chatting about uh, flipping that switch. Any final thoughts or ideas you'd like to share for our listeners? Uh, I I think um, maybe reading the book you recommended, Barbara O'Neill's book about the retirement switch, because not only the money side, just the lifestyle side, it's a big life change. Um, embracing that, and maybe that's a good word, embrace the lifestyle change. I think it does bring sometimes a lot of excitement and a lot of fear together. Um, and by starting early and having a plan in place to see the numbers laid, laid out, it just depends. Some people are better with, you know, seeing factual numbers and some people are better thinking about it in a big picture term. Um, yeah. Making sure you're comfortable with where you're at before you do flip that switch or talk to someone to make you help you feel more comfortable. And, and here's one final tip that I would just throw in there. You know, retiring from your primary job doesn't have to be forever. It can be a for now. And you can always go do a fun job later if you find that it it actually isn't what you thought it was going to be. You know, and I've, you know me, and it's not going to be a surprise to anybody here. I've said, uh, you know, it, when I finally get to the point where I'm actually going to retire, uh, when you guys boot me out and say we're done with you, <laughs> then 
I could see myself becoming, you know, one of the people that comes up to the Finger Lakes every single year, does tastings at one of the wineries, just enjoys, you know, that aspect of it. And yeah, I'm sure I won't earn a ton of money, but it would give me something to do and it would be a little pocket money, you know, on the side. So I love that. I, I love that tip. And I think we've seen that with some clients who've picked up little side jobs just to fill their time and are so happy just because it yeah. brings them joy and fulfillment. Yeah. Well, we hope you've enjoyed this podcast with Amy Irvine and Kate Welker. As always, we are listening to the things that you want to hear about. So we'd love to hear from you. If you get a chance, hop on over to iTunes and rate us so that more people can find us. And and we would certainly love to hear what you'd like to hear about in the future. We hope this podcast brings you great joy, knowledge, and financial, financial peace to a certain extent. We also know this is very emotional, so we are here for you. Thanks, everyone, and we hope you all have a great day. And that will about do it for today's episode of Wine and Dine. You can contact Amy through the website, www.rootedpg.com, or amy at rootedpg.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at rootedpg for the latest news. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear about, feel free to let us know. Don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time.